Hey, welcome to the H&HR podcast. My name is Heather Taves. And I am Heidi Bolt. And we're sisters. We believe here at the H&H Hour that your ordinary is extraordinary. Thanks for listening. Hey friends, welcome back to the H&H Hour. We're glad that you've joined us today. You have chosen a really incredible day to click on this podcast. We, Heather and I, my sister, are so excited for this show. Heather, fill us in. Yes. You know, Heidi, here's the thing about our show. We love to give people a platform mm-hmm. to share their stories. And so we have our circle of people and, you know, now and then someone from that circle will pop up and be like, oh, we got to get you on our podcast. We yep. got to share your story. And that's so much fun. And then every now and then someone from outside of our circle mm-hmm. um, comes on our radar yep. and we get the opportunity to meet them and have a conversation with them and and put them on our show as well. And that's what happened with today's guest. She actually reached out to us and yeah. just said, hey, I really connect with what you're doing. I would love to have a conversation with you. And so um, we finally got around to getting back to her. Took us a minute. It did. It took us a minute. <laughs> um, there was this whole like COVID thing. And then yeah. are we going to still podcast and all the all the things. But um, I'm so excited to welcome my new friend, Jessica Hoddle, to our show. Welcome, Jessica. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Y'all are so fun. Okay, friends, first of all, jump onto her Instagram right now. Yeah. Scroll through her <laughs> darlingness yeah. because, you know, we've not, we, we've never met her face to face, but do you know when you're looking at someone's photos and you're like, I would love this person yes. in real life? Yes. This is Jessica. You are going to love her and you, you're going to be uplifted by looking at her Instagram. So yeah, hop I on agree. there. We will tag her. We'll link her all the things before we kind of um, jump into all of that is Jessica. You just seem like someone that I would want to be friends with, Jessica. You're so kind. I really do appreciate your kind words. And um, I love when women aren't afraid to shout out other women. And I think that's just the kingdom. And you guys are doing the kingdom. So that's good. Oh, mm-hmm. thanks, girl. Okay, so tell us and also tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. We're going to get into more of your deeper story here in a few minutes. So you can kind of do the high level if you want. <laughs> layer. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I am married to my husband. We met on eHarmony. Uh, we've been married for almost four years at the time of this recording. Our anniversary is June 3rd. And so it's coming up and we have no kids, but we have cats. We love animals. We have three cats. And my husband said, if we get a fourth one, we won't tell anybody because we'll look like crazy cat people. <laughs> um, so we have three right now though. Um, and I just love helping women get emotionally and physically healthy while keeping God at the center. Hmm. Okay. Can we talk about eHarmony? <laughs> yes. Let's do it. Um, um, that's uh, that's awesome. Tell us about that. I loved the experience because I had got to the end of me. And mm. I kind of grew up in this small town in a sense um, where you could go to the mall. It wasn't like super small, but it was small to me where you could go to the mall and you could run into somebody that you like graduated with and, you know, knowing my past, which we'll get into, but at the gym I went to, it was like at any given day I could run into three people I dated and that just wasn't healthy for me. Yeah. So finally I was like, let me just go into harmony. And I started with the free option, which does not do their picture at all. (laughs) And then I bought the free option and that changed the whole game when you actually could see what they look like. Wow. Uh, Not that, not that looks are everything, but well, it's it's a thing. You know, yeah. Uh, so, but it was, I liked it because it felt, I was a woman, I don't know if this is good or bad, but it's like putting a hundred men that were in the mall and putting them all together 
And you being able to go, no, no, no. Okay, maybe. <laughs> but with wisdom, because then you can look, you got you, they, how eHarmony sets it up, it's like you have all these questions that you can ask and gear it toward your priorities, your faith walk, um, just all these different things. And that was important to me. It was like, I don't have to go on a date with you to know who you are. I can look at what you're about right here and decide whether or not. I you know. I love that so much. It's it's like a modern day fairy tale, actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the process. Now, don't get me wrong. Um, people are like, "There's so many bad people out there." I'm like, "Yeah, but in person, you can meet somebody at college, go on a date with them, and he could be bad." That's, That's right. True. You know. Well, so, and I think it's it's so intriguing to me. I've been married 16 years. Heather's been married 21, 20, 20 years, and so this is so far outside of anything we ever did because it wasn't a thing. No, it yeah. wasn't. So this is just so intriguing to me. I love it. I love your happy yeah. eHarmony story. I do too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, um, before we get into your story, and I'm really excited about hearing that from you, but let's ask you two questions that we ask all of our guests. And we love to hear people's different answers on this. So tell us something about yourself that is ordinary. You know, I would say something that's ordinary about me is I am somebody that just loves faith and fitness and I combine them together. So I'm the girl that like loves to go outside, probably like most people do. And I love fitness, you know, and I love just being able to move my body and combining faith and fitness together. Um, Very, it's so funny, ordinary. I'm like, I don't like whenever somebody's doing something, I like to do the opposite. Yeah. So that's like probably part, you know, but for me, ordinary would just be, I'm a girl that loves to be outside, reading a book, faith, fitness, combining them together and just loving on people. Yeah, that's good. That's a great answer. answer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. On the flip side, what would you say about yourself is extraordinary? I would say uh, my ability to be able to talk with people in a way that reaches them at a deeper level to where they can relate and understand without feeling condemned or shamed. Hmm. That's super powerful. Yeah. We were just talking about that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. I love that answer. And I think it probably is a great lead into you telling us a little bit about your childhood and what you walked through as a child and as a young adult and how that led you to where you are today. Yeah. I think, you know, I always like to tell people that I have 2020 hindsight, which all of us do when we come out of pain, we come out of trauma. It's like, Oh, I can see this or how I handled that. And for me, most of my, like I'm 32 at the time this recording. So most of my life up until I was about 26 or 27 was formed basically as I came out of the womb of my mother. And when I share my story, it's not to bash my mom. Um, even though when in my early twenties, that was my attitude because the Lord was working on me, <laughs> but I pretty much came out of my mother's womb kind of in this trauma atmosphere where it was fight or flight. And I didn't know that. Of course, when, when you're growing up and you're young, um, you develop very specific attachment styles to your mother um, and how the caregiver, I should say just caregiver takes care of you responds to your needs. So at a very young age before you can talk or walk, your brain is actually forming attachment styles based on when you're crying and and all the things that we don't even remember. And, you know, my, my dad was physically abusive and my mom was emotionally abusive Mm -hmm. and that carried into how they loved and cared for us, my brother and I. Mm -hmm. So therefore I grew up very fast in a home that was like that. And I didn't know how to take care of myself. I kind of just learned 
And for a long time, I kind of just went along with it. And I just allowed whatever to happen to happen. And I was kind of very timid, shy. I hated confrontation. If anybody did not like me, I would like cry and try to make it better. And, and, you know, just pursuing men to, to love on me because I just um, didn't want to be home and, and didn't have that kind of figure or figure of love in any sense of the word. So by the time I was 16, I, you know, got my first job and basically started paying for my own uh, lunches at school, started to pay for my own bed, um, and had to, you know, give my mom money for gas because I didn't get my license until I was 18 after my parents got divorced. My, my best friend's uncle actually helped me get my license. So he took me out on the road, uh, so that I could have a license. Hmm. And, uh, basically from that childhood of fight or flight, which is just, you have to survive. And you don't know that again, 2020 hindsight, you just think you're trying to live life and not repeat the same cycles that your parents did. And I just kind of lived in this go, 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 Jess, you have to prove yourself. You have to prove that you're smart. You have to prove that you're worthy. You have to um, get men to love you. You have to show yourself in all these different areas. And I just did that with my work in every single area um, throughout my twenties of just felt like the world owed to me, owed me everything, lived in a victim mindset, even after knowing the Lord. Um, So yeah, that's kind of my childhood in a nutshell. Wow. That's incredible. It's just so sobering. I'm a mom of three. I've got a daughter. And to think of her having to walk through any of that, it, I mean, it genuinely breaks my heart. Um, But also the hope of knowing where you're at today, knowing that you have a husband who loves you, knowing that you understand that you have a savior that loves you. It's incredible. And I think, um, you know, our stories are, are so powerful and, and our testimonies are powerful and it takes to, it's a part of who, who I am. And it's not to say it's a part of who I am, but it's not who I am. You know, it's, it's the story that has allowed me to become who I am. Um, you know, my brother, he went the opposite way of me, uh, which breaks my heart and, and everything. And I just remember making promises to myself of Jess, you'll always have food. You'll always have heat. You always have water. Mm-hmm. And those are basic necessities that sound so uh, small to us, but that, those things were huge for me. Um, but, you know, and so to carry that out for most of my life, I just think that, I, I think that's why it's so passionate now with women is that, you know, your past is not your future. Yeah. And in Christ, you have this new creation. You, mm-hmm. He has given you his spirit to live a different way. Amen. That means that despite what your parents did, these generational curses that people declare, you do not have to declare. That's you right. can break them in the name of Jesus that's right. over your life and choose. Choose. It's your choice. Love requires choice. Why do you think the tree was in there? Mm. The garden. It's not to, he doesn't want us to force his love. Yeah. He get, we get to love him. And so I think that's just something that really gets me fired up too. Oh yeah, girl. You're speaking our language. Uh-huh. <laughs> so at what, at what point were you introduced to Jesus? Uh, I was around 22. I, so most of my life, my, I was taught that nobody really cared or loved me except, Mm -hmm. um, basically my immediate family, like my mom and my dad. Um, even then my mom, um, would say things that were very, you know, so I didn't talk to my grandma or, I mean, kisses on the cheek from my grandma. That was so weird. Like it was so weird to get kisses on the cheek. Um, just because that's how ineffectionate things were. Mm. Um, so for anything like that, even so 20, 21, like it was just weird. 
And my cousin, she started coming around and I had all these lies believed that my family didn't care about me and nobody really cared. And I took that with me. My cousin started coming in my life. It's like, no, like we try to do all these things for you. And so we just started taking bike rides and all these things. And she just was like, Hey, do you know Jesus? Um, do you know this? And I, and I was like, no. Um, and then I just kind of accepted him as my savior. And then I got baptized in water. Um, and then later baptized in the Holy spirit, which came much later. Uh, but Wow. Yeah. So growing up, did you know about God? Did you like, did you have a high level understanding or had you really not been exposed to faith at all? There was nothing. Uh, I can, I don't want to say nothing in a sense of end all be all, but I can remember, I think my grandpa reading the Bible when I was very young, um, sitting down, I can remember my mom telling us that she went to church three days a week and she never wanted us to become, uh, what she had to do. Mm-hmm. So, there was never even a talk about God. She just said she never wanted us to have to go through what she went through. So wow. when people would talk about Jesus or Christ or God, I honestly thought God and Jesus were the same thing. When people would say Christian or Catholic, I was like, what, what does any of this mean? And it kind of really left me in this, in a sense of identity crisis, which I think is why I reached for men at a very young age, you know, losing my virginity very, very young and turning to men, turning to my business in a sense of like, who am I? What am I doing? And what do I stand for? Hmm. Um, I didn't know that's what I was searching for. Uh, but I think, of course, God creates in every one of his children this desire and need, whether you know him or not, to know him. Because yes. he wants us all to be reconciled with him. Yeah. Wow. And what a, an example your life is for all of us to think about the people around us who maybe don't have never heard or never been given up the opportunity to know Jesus. Wow. Like, what if someone had reached out to you, to your family, you know, a neighbor or a schoolmate or someone from a local church that like that could have changed everything for you at a very young age? Mm, yeah. It absolutely, and I think um, I look back, and th- although I was dating men at the time, I would date them for like long periods of time, for like two years, you know, longer than I ever should have. But those people, I feel like God used, even though they weren't necessarily religious or they didn't share faith, but they took care of me in a way that should, like mm-hmm. knowing how God loves, they loved me, even though I didn't know it was God, and I think that was God loving on me because. Uh, what you don't know, you don't know. So yeah. you don't know what love is like until somebody shows you a different way of love. Hmm. And I can just remember one of my boyfriends who was a good friend and his mom and dad, they like always just took me in and, and they cared for me. And I just remember her saying like, this is not normal, Jess. Hmm. You should not be treated like this. This is not this. And that began me kind of starting to get a backbone hmm. because somebody showed me another way of thinking and believing about my situation, Mm. which is the same for us now of why I like to challenge the way we think to change the way we live. It's challenging the narrative that is in between our two ears so that we can live this abundant life that God has called us to live. So talk to us a little bit about finding the strength to move from trauma of childhood into where you are today as this confident, Christ-loving, married woman. One of my pivotal moments was definitely, so I started my business at the age of 22, my first business, my fitness business. I was working full time and just working all the jobs, right? Just how to work to survive. Hmm. And I remember after about 25 years old, I, I had was in a business mastermind 
And this is where my spiritual father comes in. At the time he wasn't my spiritual father, he was just mindset maven, right? He was the person inside the mastermind that took care of how we thought. Mm. And he started to challenge me. And then he accepted this role in my life as spiritual father. Mm. And he, t- he took that very seriously. And what that looked like for me was him, him coming alongside me as a father to say, Jess, this is not how love should look in relationships or just like, let's recommit you to purity or this is how love looks like. And a lot of it was, um, understanding that how I was raised or certain situations or how people treated me to get me to this different perspective of viewing life. And that's really like, he stood in as the head of my life where my father or whoever, you know, my caregiver should have been and just came alongside me for five years straight until I met my husband and we still talk now, like he's still that head, like he is still the spiritual father in my life. And he's like, you're always have that spot in, in my life. But he walked me through very, very difficult breakups. Mm-hmm. He would shoot it straight to me. Um, and so I would say that was the biggest turning point is when I met him because he then was one of the people, the men in my life, because I didn't have any men up until that point that were speaking truth into me or loving me in a way that wasn't um, relational, you know, boyfriend wise. Um, which was extremely powerful for me. Where did you find him? Where did you connect with him? Uh, it was through on internet. It was through the internet when I found this uh, mastermind that I was in. I found him, and as I was in the mastermind, he kind of came with it in these specific calls. And after the mastermind ended and he left, we just picked up our own. Hmm. And he just, we just kind of would meet uh, however often I needed to meet, basically. Um, you know, one time a week or whenever I needed him, basically, I, I would uh, contact him. So he was literally Jesus in flesh to you. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That, that's awesome. So let's talk about you've written three books, which I think is awesome. Good job. Thank you. Um, when did you write your first one about conquering your past and knowing your worth? When did you first write that? Well, that was in 2014, and that was the year that I the first book chapter I wrote in that book, A Year from Hell, which I think is like chapter 10 or something in the book. But it was the year I dated a sociopath that led me to literally probably breaking emotionally. Um, a lot of things happened in that relationship that was only a month and a half. Okay, wow, it wrecked it, like wrecked my world that month and a half of um dating somebody like that. The manipulation the cheating, um, the abuse, like just the things that I allowed to happen. Mm -hmm. And, um, then, so I wrote a year from hell because I had just pursued all of these men and I just kept getting shut down, shut down, shut down, shut down. And of course the Lord was obviously probably protecting me and I was trying to put myself in these situations. So writing that book was just kind of this awakening of, look, we need to know our words. And that means that dis- despite what your past looks like, you can conquer, you can overcome it. It doesn't mean it goes away, but there's this idea that uh, most of us live in our present right now in this, like, as you're listening to this podcast, we're typically making decisions based on our past. Yeah. So we're not making a decision based on right now. Okay. What is going on right now? What is it? What needs to happen right now? We're going I know that this pain can come from this. So I'm going to base my decision off of what could be instead of what is, Mm. which is why I love helping women through that. And so know your worth is this first like awakening of here's these areas of our lives where we might be 
putting an idol because mine was my body, men, and my business right up front. Hmm. And I kind of walk through that and know your worth of really kind of discovering it, recognizing it, and it's kind of the beginning intermediate of the foundation of knowing your worth. Hmm. I love that so much because I think that's such a struggle for so many today is finding their um, finding their identity in really who Jesus made them to be and not in their past or not in their present or not even in their future. Um, so how was that received out into the world? Um, I would say really good. I think a lot of people related to their own stories because I'm very much a storyteller. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when it came to my family – uh, I just wrote it and I've shared a lot of my stories and uh, my family was like, I can't believe you wrote that. And um, I love them so much now, but it's funny. Cause I, they're like, that didn't happen. I was like, yes, it did. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. Cause they um, there's, that's what's so unique about our own stories that everybody experiences it differently. Mm-hmm. And they didn't even know the truth of what was happening behind the scenes of when I would leave their house at a birthday party or, um, you know, after Christmas or whatever. And I think it's, um, they understand now and it wasn't like they were upset, but it was just as like, you know, of wow, like this awakening for them too. And I think like with anything that you put out there, um, it was my first book. I was a newbie writer. And of course people were like, oh, this is, you know, I mean, I've had people say it's trash. Like, you know what? Like, it's just the reality of it. And so, um, and that's just being honest. It's just when you put your heart out there and your story, it's, it's going to get reviewed and it's going to get, um, good and bad, Yeah. you know, but I would say, of course, the majority of people are being able to be opened up and recognize that, okay, something's not right here. And I think that's the starting point. Like, let's just have an idea that, oh, this is what I'm doing so that I can move forward. Yeah. Wow. That's so good. And I love that advice that you have just about, you know, on on the bottom of your book, it says conquering your past for a powerful future. And so many of us, I think, aren't ever able to get past our past. And therefore, we don't really experience the the power that the Holy Spirit has for us to walk in freedom fully today. Mm. Yeah. So, Jessica, are you? Do you have a relationship with your mom and dad and your brother? Uh, I have not talked with my mom or my brother in probably eight or nine years, and my dad is remarried. And we are simple with each other. We don't talk all the time, um, but we're kind. And he um, and I have, have, he was willing to reconcile and and apologize and do a lot of things on his end. Um, But I think forgiveness, forgiveness is so different than reconciliation. And I think as a body of believers, we force people to say, you have to forgive, which a lot of people think is reconciliation. Reconciliation takes two people and forgiveness is knowing that, you know, Jesus went to the cross for the forgiveness of your sins. So you can't really hold, like you're not superior than Jesus and you're not Jesus. So we all have fallen short, right? We've all have sinned and forgiveness is like letting Jesus carry the weight that he's supposed to carry. Yeah. And, um, but it's not reconciliation. And I think just that can free up a lot of people. Right. Um, and so for me, yeah, I've been able to connect with my dad though, and, and have some kind of, I think it's even for me, if I'm being honest, um, there are still things that will trigger me into a trauma response Mm -hmm. and I have been able to recognize and then continue. It's that continue boundaries, right. Of being willing to confront the uncomfortable, And then say, here is my um, window of tolerance. Here is where I can be, where I don't 
feel this way, shut down or lash out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So then your next book, A Worthy Wife, talk to us about how that came about. Yeah. I, I, A Worthy Wife is probably one of my, like, it's my baby. Know your worth and a worthy wife. I mean, they're all my babies, but you know, it's mm-hmm. just that, um, a worthy wife was, I talked so much about relationships because that was huge for me. I dated all the wrong guys. I dated to date. Uh, and I dated because I didn't want to be alone. So to be with somebody was better than being with nobody. Yeah. And for me, writing a worthy wife was this idea of how can we have healthy conversation, healthy communication in dating and in marriage? How can we understand boundaries? How can we understand each other? Because I am a woman and he is a man. Therefore, we each have responsibilities and roles, but we also come with our own stories. And I always, you know, people, um, I always remember this one story, you know, women, uh, women would say, my husband should be the one taking out the trash. I don't care what you say. He should be taking out the trash and I'll just let it overflow. And like, she was like very, and I'll never forget. Cause it's this idea that, um, one expectations, but marriages are, and I'm very, you know, you guys are definitely more veteran than I am. Okay. But I'm always learning, right? <laughs> Marriage is the hundred and hundred. Like I am not above taking out the trash. That's right. I think that, um, and neither is my husband. Now, the thing with, with that was, you know, maybe your husband watched your mom take out the trash every single day. Mm. So therefore you're his wife now. So he's used to his mom taking out the trash. So now you're his wife. Mm -hmm. So maybe now, and it's not right of him to assume or expect, but to understand his story of why he probably thinks that you should be taking out the trash allows you to connect and communicate in a different way to understand each other with compassion and kindness. So that is kind of like why I'm so uh, passionate about Worthy Wife is to help women understand more deeply the layers that come with relationships, what we should be talking about. Um, I know a lot of people that don't even know what their husband believe in mm-hmm. and, um, it's very not uncommon, which I'm sure you guys are probably, you know, working with the women that you do, mm-hmm. which I'm like, if we can do this up front, yeah, we can save a lot of fights probably and yep. a lot of marriages too. Yes. Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm going to go on Amazon right now and buy it. Yep. Same. And then I'm going to insist that many of my girlfriends do the same. <laughs> um, so let me ask you this. Is this really geared more towards single women who are not married yet, or it, can it apply to married women as well? So the I would say the first half opens up with single, how to communicate, how to um, date well, all the things. Then the second half of the book is basically it leads you right into marriage of how to have boundaries, how to communicate, how to talk, um, what should you be talking about, and all that kind of stuff. Let's be real, though. I know marriages who have been married for decades that still haven't figured out communication. Yeah. So (laughs) I think it can be helpful to anyone um, Mm -hmm. just learning to. I love what you said about understand his story and where he's coming from. Mm -hmm. That is so important. And I feel like everyone needs to pick up on that because I think when we approach things from that perspective, we we can eliminate so much annoyance in our own spirit. Yeah. By like, why does he not realize he should be doing this? When it's like, well, let's think through maybe why he doesn't even, it doesn't even come across his brainwave to acknowledge that, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think understanding how God created men and women differently, 
Um, like us as women, we know that although multitasking really isn't a thing, but we can typically do like three things at once, right? Like you can tell us to do the dishes, do the laundry and clean the cat litters. And you'd be like, okay, yeah, I remember that. If I tell my husband those three things, he's like, I only heard to do the dishes. (laughs) It's just, it's like just the reality that it's like one step at a time. And the more that I can, I don't get it always right. Trust me. But the more I'm like, okay, right now we're going to focus on this. And it's not belittling him, but it's understanding that he's an analyzer and a numbers guy. And he needs one thing at a time. I'm a feeler. He's an analyzer. Therefore, if I have a new project or something I want to do, he's going to say, what is the numbers and how are we going to make this up? Does Mm -hmm. this make sense? But if I go to him with like, oh my gosh, I feel so great about this. And like, this is so good. He's going to be like, okay, um, he doesn't want to do with it because he's like, I want to know what it means, like right. my numbers. Um, so that's just another understanding. So speak too. his language. Yeah, yeah. that's really yeah. good. Yeah, that's so good. Okay, so then your last book, Own Your Worth. Tell us about that. Yeah. So this one was, I feel like, so know your knowing your worth is acknowledging the truth, and you're 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 kind of having this awakening, and then owning your worth is this process of walking it out. So in Own Your Worth, I do a lot of stories of um, how this looks in real life. So I share a lot of that. Of I can remember times of just walking on the golf course and my husband, we play golf together and he loves golf. He's so much better, of course, than me. <laughs> and I hate it because I'm like a competitive person <laughs> and he's always just better. But when he has really good days, I get like so grumpy sometimes and I will just start to like not want to cheer him on. And it's just like these certain things that sound so small, but it's the issues of my own heart and the matter of my own heart that I want women to understand or yeah. just to bring to light of when, so, like now taking it kind of up course, but when somebody else gets a promotion or good or is doing something different or is getting the book deal that you want or whatever, it does not impact the kingdom around you or inside of you. And it does not take away from the kingdom. Yeah. Come on. So there's not like one less thing in the kingdom because somebody else got a book deal. Right. And I think that's important. So owning your worth is just idea of just like walking and living in the truth. Cause now you've acknowledged it, but now you're really, okay, what am I doing to actually live this truth out? Hmm. That's really good. Yeah. So important. It's one thing, like you said, to acknowledge it, but then to walk it out, to live it out every day to, you know, I can relate to that. What you said about your husband, like he's doing so well. And all of a sudden you're like, my, I'm mad. I don't want to be happy about this. Yeah. 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 I tell my husband all the time, we, we laugh because I went through a season where I had to realize that the issues were in my own heart. Um, as I saw him begin to grow and discover his own calling and his own gifts. And they were similar to gifts that I had, that I had verbalized and used for a long time. And so when I saw him start to walk this out, I thought he was just copying me. And I felt very um, intimidated by that. And like, don't copy me, find your own thing. You be you. Yeah. And so <laughs> and so I had to, and, and then it, you know, it took a while, but I finally realized, oh, this is my heart issue. This isn't his issue. Mm-hmm. This is the yeah. junk in my own heart. So I love that, finding your own worth. It's it's so valuable. I have a question for you, Jessica. Um, so when you did step into marriage four years ago, had you already emotionally figured out 
all of the brokenness of your past. And so was your husband able to kind of like step into this really healed Jessica or has he had to walk a journey of healing with you? He, um, I had, I was aware of a lot of it, but I don't think I knew the extent of it until marriage because that just pulls out even more ugliness Mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, of your heart. And I think looking back, I think it was uh, after I got married was the first time I felt physically and emotionally safe. So when you're in fight or flight for a long, long time, your body's just trying to keep you alive. Really, that's what it is. And I think that my body was keeping me alive for a really long time. And after I got married, my body was like, okay, you're cool now. You're away. You're, you're in a different state. You can calm down. You can relax. And then that's when the physical healing had to happen. I had a lot of symptoms come into my body and a lot of breaking down, um, just where the striving, the hustle, the emotional turmoil. Um, in my first, our first year of marriage, we um, we had a lot of debt. It was my husband switched a job, and it mean it was just one of those years, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I had made the decision. I was like, okay, I'm always going to choose my marriage over money, and then it just kind of turned into, it kind of escalated after marriage because of all those things that we were experiencing. And my body just broke down physically. Hmm. And, you know, when you, when you read about trauma and stuff and just pain and things that we carry is when your body actually starts to feel safe, it can then process the other stories that it's been holding on to. And I think that my body just kind of started to break down physically after all the years that I had just tried to keep it running and going. And, um, you know, everybody told me that it was my thyroid and my adrenals. And I went to doctor after doctor after doctor. And people were telling me that, um, you know, God's giving you the sickness. He wants to teach you a lesson. And that kept me sick because mm-hmm. I just thought that I was doing this. It was my sins. Mm-hmm. It was my sins that were causing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so coming out, making that long story short was realizing and getting in a church that was like, Hey, look, God is not giving you sickness to teach you a lesson. Mm-hmm. He actually provided healing for you. Mm-hmm. So when I was able to switch the narrative of God wanted me well, like he actually wanted me well, he didn't want me to live in this sick state for the rest of my life to just teach me something. But that I then just started seeking truth. I was like, what is the truth about this healing? Mm-hmm. Because I lived in fear more than anything. I was fear driven, not faith filled. And Therefore, I um, kind of hit this wall of my physical health, which I know is kind of a long answer to your story, but no, it's a great answer. Kind, I was kind of hitting. I was like, I knew I was emotionally immature getting there, but after marriage, it hit this point where I was like, okay, I have a lot of insecurities. I, I'm like, okay, we have to be doing something. Resting was not easy for me. I hit a physical, then then the emotional turned to physical. Hmm. And I finally was able to process through all of that. And now I'm kind of um, on the other side of this healing journey at the physical side where I, I have been speaking. I know the authority I have, the power I have against the enemy. And um, we can praise God and thank God in everything. But I think it's important to not praise him for everything Mm -hmm. because there is still an enemy that walks on this earth Mm -hmm. that is against you. So not everything that happens in your life is from God because there's still an enemy that's walking around just like a lion. He's trying to war like one. Yeah, absolutely. Girl, Heather and I just had a conversation about this before we jumped on this call. And we were talking about how too many Christ followers are sitting back in a spirit of fear just not wanting to rock the boat. 
you know, and you have a quote on your Instagram. It might be from one of your books. I didn't get to notice, but it says fear creates alternate realities that don't exist. Mm, Yeah. And I said to Heather, I go, that is what is happening right now. Yeah. The fear Mm -hmm. that's being allowed to roam the earth is from the enemy. And we, the believers of Jesus, have a responsibility to stand up and boldly proclaim, this is not what God has intended for us. Right. And yeah. we have voices and we get to exercise those voices. So well done, girl. Well, and I think that a lot of times when we think um, the Lord, this is where the Lord's been working on me with this, is that I keep telling him like, Father, help me to be bold in the times that I need to be bold and to stand for the truth with the persecution that mm-hmm. comes, that is promised to us. Mm-hmm. And he keeps saying to me over and over, bold doesn't have to be loud. And I think that's important is that as believers, we tend to get really loud and start to shame each other for not having the same beliefs or revelations or anything, forgetting that Paul constantly tells us to have one mind to one spirit and to walk in unity. And he's not saying that everybody has to think the same thoughts, but we do have one purpose to expand the gospel, to preach the gospel and to do anything for that. Amen. Yeah, that's right. Wow. So powerful. I hope I hope the listeners just heard that. That was so important. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about what you do now, just with helping women be physically and spiritually healthy. You obviously have walked the walk. Mm-hmm. You're not just talking the talk. And I love that because that's how people change. That's how the most effective help comes is when someone goes, I've been there. Mm-hmm. I've, I know what you're walking through. Now let me help you walk through it. So what does that look like for you um, on a day-to-day basis? How, how are you doing that? Um, well, I do a lot, obviously, through my writings. I am a writer turned speaker. Uh, so I have my fourth book in the works now, and it should be released at the end of this year. And it really talks about um, that post that you were just referring to, Fear Creates Alternate Realities That Don't Exist, actually came from um, a segment of my book that I've been writing because when we're living in fear, it starts to create more symptoms. And that's what it was doing in my body. You know, uh, I would fear that I was bloated. So something was wrong. And then I would start to imagine what my life is going to be like if I was bloated the rest of my life. You know, like your mind, mm-hmm. it just starts to create these realities, which what happens is that your mind is so powerful you begin to hardwire your brain in circuits in your body to begin to feel one way. Mm -hmm. It's only going to produce more of what you think, just like a seed can only reproduce after its own kind. So every thought is a seed and every word you speak is a seed. And so what harvest you, you, you reap will depend on how you think and how you speak. And so for me, I would say um, it's obviously through the writings, through private messaging, through DMs. And I also do um, coaching groups with women. I partner with um, a company. I'm a part of an MLM. I've been with them for 10 years. And, and I provide with the nutrition and supplements and stuff on that. But I do a lot of the coach, all the coachings myself um, in walking women kind of through this process of spirit, soul, and body. That we are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. Um, and those are the three main things in my podcast, What's the Truth, too. Hmm. I'm sorry. What was your podcast again? It's called What's the Truth. What's the Truth. Okay. Is that a weekly show or what does that look like? Yes. Yes. It's a weekly show. Yep. Every Wednesday. Um, I. It, it's kind of funny because it's not SEO friendly per se because every week it's a lie. So, you know, lie number one, I'm not qualified, you know, mm. and I start to every week I... I address these lies. I'm not ready. I'm not brave enough. I'm mm-hmm. not worthy. Um, and kind of just bring them to light because 
you know, not everybody obviously wants to, to confront these lies and maybe people don't even realize some of the lies that they're believing Yeah, because we believe them for so long that we believe them to be true. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so powerful. Wow. That's really good. Girl, you got a lot of wisdom in you. <laughs> Thank you. All right. I want to talk about one last thing before we let you go. When, when you and I spoke last week, we talked about um, the nature and character of God. And that stuck with me. Um, I wrote it down in my notes and I've been thinking about that. And I wonder if you think we miss out on our own true identity when we don't pursue his character above all else. I thought that was so such a good conversation for us to have. Mm. How do you think that we pursue the nature and character of God? Well, you know, I think... I think a lot of people, we always want a simple answer. We always want to, you know, it's, of course, the Bible is going to tell us what his heart is for and what his heart is against. Yeah. And therefore to know his character and to know his nature. And I think what that looks like practically is, um, for example, we were talking about my sickness is when I was healing and the doctor would give me something, I'd be like, okay, I would weigh it. Is this true? Is this right? Is this, um, honorable? Is this lovely? You know, what kind of report is this? Cause I can take it as a fact, but I don't take it. Ha- I don't have to take it as the final say. Yeah. And so when something would come against me, whether it was a symptom, I would really put that into practice of, is this God's best? Is this what God's heart is for? Cause if it's not, I'm not going to accept it. Mm. So that means I'm going to use my words or I'm going to have somebody pray over me, or I'm just going to continue to not create that alternate reality. So to know the character of nature of God, and I think when it comes to identity and the Lord really just is showing me this lately of going back to Genesis of the idea of identity is when we were created in his image, we were made in his likeness. It's like a copy, right? Like he formed us to be like his son. We can see our original intended design in his son. And Jesus says, you know, I only do what I see my father doing. And so therefore we should only be doing what we see Jesus doing. He's a perfect example of a leader for us. So what did he do? Therefore, I know what he's for according to what he did, then I can go to his actions and also live that out. But as far as identity goes, it is if we're made in his image, therefore we are made in his likeness. How I view the father correlates to how I view myself. Because if I'm made in his image, that means that how I view him will also be how I view myself. Right. Yes. So if I if I view him as a father that's a punisher, um, that is really distant, that looks at me through my sins, I'm going to live in this world as though um, distant from God because I'm afraid to mess up. I'm probably going to say things like, it doesn't matter what I do because he's just going to punish me anyways, or he doesn't really love or care about me anyways. Yeah. And so therefore, our identity and how we see God according to his word matters. Yeah. Yeah. That alone is life-changing. Yeah. If people, you said, you know, we all want a simple answer. So often I think we're not willing to do the work Mm -hmm. of getting to know the character of God because it does take time. You know, God is not a simple God. Mm -hmm. Um, He's multifaceted. And I think that your wisdom there is... It is gold. It is life changing for people if they're willing to pick it up and implement it. And, I, and it's going to look, you know, look at the God. I mean, when you talk to somebody about forgiveness, I don't know about you, but when I talk to women about forgiving somebody that hurt them, it's like their spidey senses go up and there's like, nope. Like yeah. it's almost this shutdown. 
But when we read in the gospel, it's like, I don't even want, he's like, I don't even want your money. Go to your brother first. Yeah. You got to come with your brother. Yeah. Go to him. Yeah. You know, you have some, you have a problem with your brother. You're going to um, go to him first. And then if not, then you're going to take somebody. And if not, then you're going to, and then you talk about giving. That's a weird thing for mm-hmm. people as believers. But what does he talk all in the gospels and Paul talk about? generosity mm-hmm. and giving and what does that look like? And it always comes back to heart and motive and um, all these things. But those are just two examples of how it can ruffle our, our feathers that of the character of God, though, of what he says about those things. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I was just, it made me think about when you talked about the doctor's report, you know, we get the opportunity to choose whether we're going to, accept the good report or the bad report and it made me think of the spies that joshua sent out that moses sent out into the land the 12 spies and two of them came back with a good report they saw the fruit in the land and they saw the promise of god before them you know and then 10 of the spies came back with this fear and this terror and they their bad report caused this whole nation of israel to um have to wander then for 40 years and not get to enter the promised land. Um, you know, that was part of it. And so I just think that this is so good that the power of what we choose to accept, what we choose to, and, and there's, I think someone listening might say like, well, if, if you get a, you know, a cancer diagnosis, like you have to accept that that's real. Yes, absolutely. But you don't have to accept that that's God's best for you mm-hmm. and that that's what he, he will allow you to walk through something still with a good report in mind, mm-hmm. not hanging on to the bad report that the world wants you to associate with. Mm-hmm. That's really yeah, good. Yeah. And I, it is, yeah, it's so true of just what is God's best and how can we move toward that? Again, it's a fact. It's not the final say. And that's where it's really hard to, um, because it's a doctor, right? And, and we, we honor their opinion yeah. and doctors have helped me, right? Like doctors have helped me, yeah. but I needed to get my mind right first. Cause I, I always say, if you believe you're a sick person, sick as in emotional, whatever, physical, yeah. no matter what you do, as far as outside external you're always going to be that sick person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can change your diet. You can do all the workouts, take all the supplements. But if you continue to believe that you're sick, there is nothing that a supplement could ever do. Right. Because our mind is so powerful. Yeah. And I, I just wanted to say one more thing. When you're talking about Joshua, it's one of my favorite stories as far as um, I wrote this. I, I talk about this in my book because when it comes to being emotionally healed, even understanding the Israelites past is that they had a slavery mentality. Yeah. So they knew slavery well. Mm-hmm. So to move somebody out of slavery into freedom, mm-hmm. that was hard for them to see. So the eyes and the view, like their viewpoint of the world was through slavery. Yeah. Even though God was like, I am leading you with a cloud. I am providing manna for you. But the, their hearts were not willing to confront the love of God. And they kept just thinking like, let's go back to the slavery because that's what we know. That is what we're used to. So to be able to see a different report is being willing to, again, it's like receiving God's love to lift that veil Mm -hmm. so that you can see that you're no longer a slave. Yeah, that you are going into the promised land. doesn't mean that it's going to be easy because I still had a battle to fight. Yep. But the promised land was still going to be flowing with milk and honey. Yeah. Wow. Well, and I think it's so easy for us to judge the Israelites and say, well, I would have never done that. Like if God showed up as a cloud (laughs) and a fire, I would have just followed him, you know, no questions asked, but we do it all the time. Every single day 
we do it where we doubt God's goodness or we we don't trust his word. I love that you make it so simple, Jessica, to say, just ask, is this God's best? Yeah. You know, I think we can get so wrapped up in all of the theology and knowing like, it, you know, does this make sense biblically? But just the simple question of, is this God's best? Does this line up with God's character? That makes it so simple to begin finding the correct answer, the correct truth. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. I think it's just um, coming, obviously, from not growing up in the church at all to having only 10 years under my belt and really probably five, like really in the Bible um, in the past two, really in digging even deeper into Mm -hmm. the Bible and commentary. Like, I'm not saying I, I got it all at all by any means but just being able to understand even like the israelites it's like we still carry slavery mentality mm-hmm. yes to 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 the law yeah. like there is you know if i do all of these things then god will give me all of these things mm-hmm. when he's like hey i already i sat down at the right hand of god like i'm done yeah yes. like, that's right you know what i mean yes so it, it's our responsibility then in this world to begin to live it out and manifest um, because God always says, I'll back up my word. Yeah. I will provide signs, miracles, and wonders as you preach my word. Just do the work that I've called you to do. Believe in me and the rest will follow. Wow. Yeah. Jessica, I wanna I wanna encourage our listeners. Your story is such an incredible and impactful example of why we have to speak the name of Jesus to people. Because I'm sitting here listening to this extreme amount of wisdom flow out of you. And you just said you've got 10 years under your belt and just a few years of digging into God's word. And yet you you would seem as if someone who has walked with God much longer than that. Yeah. So the power of your cousin saying, do you know Jesus loves you? Do you know Jesus? And her, your cousin walking that out with you and then another man to come alongside you as a spiritual father this is the opportunity we have as Christ followers to impact people around us. Yeah. And, you know, so listeners, l- listening to this woman, Jessica, who now is an accomplished author, who is a podcast host, who is a speaker, who is leading other women into physical and spiritual healing, this is the profound impact of speaking the name of Jesus to someone. Yeah, that's right. And so we cannot afford to underestimate our influence over someone else's life, whether it's our neighbor or our cousin or our sibling, even our own spouse, because can you imagine if her cousin had not had the boldness to say, do you know Jesus loves you? That this, your life could have looked so different, Jessica, from this adulthood that you've walked with Jesus now. You could have remained in trauma had she not had that or he, if it was a a man, had he not had that foresight to invite you into the family of Jesus. Yeah, that's so good. Come on now. Um, I mean, it's I sobering think, to think about. Yeah, I mean, it really, I mean, and, and we always think, well, that was just a small thing that I did. And, you know, I, I I only just said this to her. And we can easily dismiss these encounters that we have. Well, I didn't get to say Jesus, but were you Jesus? Yes. Like, in a sense of, like, an example, you know? Yes. And I think, um, you know, I go back and when you think about Paul's life, he, he talks about, I became a Jew to the Jews. I became a Gentile to the Gentiles. He's not saying I changed the gospel. He's not saying I watered down the gospel. He is saying that I met them where they were so I could preach the truth to them. Come on, girl. And I think that oftentimes we forget that everybody's at a different angle and layer and walk in their faith. Yes. So, 
um, for me, and it's so funny because I always say, I'm like, I'm thankful to have lost my virginity at a young age and to going through all of these things because when women come to me, I'm like, oh, yeah, I get it. I understand. You know, like, yeah. um, I don't, I'm not, I don't have kids or anything. I can't relate on that, but it's just this idea that we can have compassion on somebody else because we went through it. And again, it's not, you're not watering down the gospel. You're not holding back the truth. You're just saying like, I understand and I can come alongside you and speak this truth to you. Wow. That's so good. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your story and your wisdom and just being willing to be an open book for, because that's what happens when other people hear our stories. They go, oh, okay. Now I have the courage and the boldness to share mine and to walk through my healing also. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. Thank you. True, truly. Any last words of wisdom for our listeners? Mm. I think um, the most important piece is you don't have to have a theology background to preach the gospel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think um, something, you know, the enemy always comes for me. It's this idea like, Jess, you're going to get it wrong. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I know I'm going to get it wrong. Right. Um, and to extend the kindness for when we don't necessarily get it right, but there is a powerful spirit in you and that is God's and it's the Holy spirit. Yeah. And I always like to tell women, you are not powerless. You are not a victim. You are not walking around without power inside of you. Like you have power inside of you to reject the headache, to Mm -hmm. dismiss it, to rebuke it, to not accept the things that come against your body, to use your mouth. Like the enemy is not more powerful than you. That's That's right. And um, there's a scripture and I I can't, I don't know where it is. It's, I'm going to paraphrase it. But it talks about how we are going to laugh when we see the enemy face to face Mm, because he's some small it's like some small creature thing. And we're going to be like, really, this is, this is who caused the ruckus. <laughs> you know? um, and I think we need to like hold that dear is that he has no power of us. Only the power we give him. That's yes. right. That Amen, so girl. Good. Amen. We're, we're fist pumping you here yes, in our we little are. studio. <laughs> okay. Before we let you off air, I have to ask you this because um, Heather and I are so pro the people knowing the Holy spirit. You know, I think, we are comfortable with believing in God and saying the name of Jesus, but then even Christ followers, we, we talk about the Holy Spirit and people get um, uneasy. And so as a different voice, Jessica, what was it like for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and how did you step into that? Mm. So I, um, I, my cousin had the baptism of the Holy Spirit and I was always intrigued because coming from a background of not having which I kind of find like it's a blessing. Like I didn't have a foundation or somebody persuading me one way or another. I kind of got to discover uh, myself. Like, what is this? You know, yeah. like, what, is, what does it look like? And it was kind of this foundation. And I was like, okay, that's really cool. Like, I want to know what that is. And I would say probably eight years ago was the first time I ever really heard of it. Uh, and then my, one of my best friends at the time, which she's still a good friend of mine, she is baptized in the Holy, in the Holy Spirit and she would speak in tongues. And I was like, okay, like, this is cool. Right. And, um, she's like, just pray and you get what you like, what you pray, you, you receive. Right. And, um, but the most important piece was I, my current pastor, he believes in baptism, in the Holy spirit. And it talks about in scripture, you know, um, your most pray in your most holy faith or pray in the spirit. And, um, you know, there's all kinds of things that go on with that of, of different viewpoints. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure you've experienced that. Uh, but, it, for me, when I encountered, encountered that, 
it felt weird. And the enemy was like, this is stupid. Cause the enemy's going to come for you. He's going to be yes. like, this is stupid. Yep. Um, you're not doing it right. You're making this up. And if you're probably <laughs> getting, if you're getting those thoughts, you're probably doing something right. Yeah. yeah. And, um, so when you pray, you already received it. So if you pray and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you just got to move your mouth. Oh, that's so and, good. And, um, my pastor gave this example of when he got baptized in the Holy Spirit, the woman, um, that, you know, helped him was like, okay, I want you to just to kind of try to mimic what I'm doing. So she would speak and then he would speak. Um, and so now my pastor kind of does that, or we do that with people that want to, you know, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit was like, mm-hmm. okay, I want you to move your, listen to how I'm saying it. And I just want you to try to copy me in a sense, just to get their mouth moving so that yeah. they can feel confident to speak in it Yeah, in their, in their prayer language. Wow, that's so good. It's like learning a new language. Yeah, it is. Yeah, (laughs) that's good. That's we could do a whole podcast on that. No kidding. We'll probably get a few uh what are you talking about messages and I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to link on our show notes your website and links to all your books because I really I just am really confident that the words and the wisdom that you have to share are life-giving and life-changing for so many people listening. And so, listener, if anything that she has said has resonated with you, go and get one of her books right now. Go over to Instagram and see her inspiring words on there. And don't live one more moment of your life trapped in fear, trapped in um, any wrong identity of who you've been created to be. And let Jessica's books just help guide you through that. Um, Jessica, thank you, dear friend, new friend of ours. Yeah, we're not going to let you go far, girl. <laughs> no, thank you so much for having me. This was truly, truly a delight. All right. Well, we will chat with you later, and you have a great rest of the day, okay? Thank you so much. All right. Bye, bye Jessica. Heather, that was an incredible conversation. Yeah, she's great, right? Yeah. There's those people that you just love them the minute, the minute you meet them. Yeah. She's one of those. Yep. So friends, I hope that you really soak this in. Some of you might need to listen back to this um, when you can just allow yourself to feel some of the things that she said. Some of you um, listen to her podcast, What's the Truth podcast. Um, Message her, grab her books. I think that this could be really powerful for you. So please share this episode with somebody that you may know needs to hear the truth of what Jessica shared. Um, she was raw and vulnerable, and I think that we need more of that in our lives yep. and in society. Yep. We need less of the perfectionism, mm-hmm. the appearance, mm-hmm. the appearance that everything's fine, and we need to get real with each other. So I love that she's doing that. Um, yeah, it was just that was a really it good was show. Really good. Loved yeah, that. You can you can just sense when people are genuine yeah. and have walked through things that they're now willing to share with others. So I'm so, so glad that we were able to connect with her. Thank you so much for listening. We pray that your day and your week and your month and your shelter in place or your opening up or whatever is going on in your little side of the world right now is going on. We pray that it is God-centered. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He is over everything. He knows what's going on and he is with us. Yeah. If you haven't had a chance to subscribe to our podcast, please do. And would you do us a favor and would you rate and review this show so that it helps other people find it as well and we can continue to encourage those around us. Thank you for listening. We're so glad that you did.